0: what's going on everyone this is the 10 drop podcast my name is Charles aka fear these Ian aka the Luffy TV can't be with me today because he's still out of town for Easter but he should be back next week after the regionals so we'll be able to talk about that and everything like that so today we're sort of going into pre-regionals for Montreal and Illinois or I will at least not we going into a little more details about the decks that you should be playing what I would be playing what I would not be playing, and just go into more details about that. With that, we're going to go to our sponsors, The Booster Box. They're a local gaming store here in Virginia Beach. Their website is shop.theboosterbox.gg, where you can get all your One Piece, Flesh and Blood, Magic, The Gathering, and other TCG games on their website, along with Dragon Shields as well. And they are nice enough to give us a discount code 10% off entire order. So the discount code is 10 D R O P 10 drop. But make sure you spell 10 1-0, not 10 not T E N. So again, that is 10 D R O P for 10% off your entire order. They do international shipping and everything like that. With that, we're going to jump right into it. Montreal and Illinois is going to start this weekend at saturday uh offline regionals and the metagame's probably going to be close to 50 percent nami decks aka white beard zorro some Luffy's, but they all essentially have the nami straw hat crew deck synergy creature or characters i'm calling it nami winter because that's what it feels like those are the best decks they're the most consistent decks They seem to be the most popular decks and they're just putting up numbers left and right and consistently as well. And I'll go into a little bit more detail about that um, when I go about what decks to play and not to play because if you're expecting a lot of NAMI decks, which you should be, you have to know what your matchup is. And what that means is you should play against Whitebeard and Zoro a lot of times. You shouldn't even play against Luffy and just sort of know what your lines are. Know what your deck needs to do and what you need to play for. Uh what cards are good and what cards are bad in the matchup, therefore you know what to mulligan out of your hands. Because like say like you may have like a random eight drop in your hand. You're like, oh this eight drop's really good, but the rest of my hand doesn't play well against a Nami deck, then it's just like, okay, should you keep this? Probably not, maybe, but this is where testing comes in. It's like, all right, I'll keep it, see how it plays out. You may get lucky with draws, you may not, but you know, you may be able to utilize the game and play that eight drop. And control the board a little bit um but you have to learn how to do that and you won't know until you test it and you should definitely test that before going to offline regionals and just picking a deck and just hoping you're good because you play you know you can take your smoker deck and just beat up on all the there's probably a better word for it but just you know you win your locals a lot with smoker but then you go to a bigger tournament you got to think all the other good players are going to go to this tournament as well they're going to have a lot of games under their belt they probably played in decent amount of online treasure cups or regionals as well so you got to be prepared to play against good players therefore that's why testing comes into play you sort of get quote-unquote metagame or your local store if your local store has very competitive players then it's not an issue but you know you could be playing against a little more casual field where you know you think smoker's way good against whitebeard and zorro and then all of a sudden you take it to regionals and then you just go O3 against you know Whitebeard and Zoro and then you're just like oh, there goes my tournament. So definitely uh, playtest against those three decks, another deck by Kinemon um, and Smoker. Those are probably the top three archetypes I would imagine is Green Kinemon or Kid Smoker, and then any Nami deck. Nami's probably going to be the biggest like percentage of the field. I would probably say like fifty to sixty percent, which is kind of crazy, but People are there to win, so they're going to play, you know, what's, putting, what's winning and what's putting up the best numbers. So going into this, before we have the results and everything, this is Monday the the 10th. Yeah, yeah, it's April the 10th, the Monday before Montreal and Illinois. So I'm going to jump into decks that you should not be playing and you should be playing for these regionals. And when I say this, I'm not trying to discourage you about not playing this it's just maybe take a second guess or do some more testing about it because my games that i've played because i'm going to texas in middle of may i have a little bit more like these offline regions are going to give me a good information about like okay like am i right to prepare for a nami winner the nami decks if it's a nine round tournament i would imagine six year round is going to be nami decks so do you want to test against that we're going to find out um after this weekend but these are decks that play testing, playing casual games. These are just decks that do not impress me. That sort of seem like they're on the radar right now. And the first one is Smoker. Smoker just doesn't seem like a very good deck when it just when you don't draw the right parts at the right time. It's just a clunky-ish deck where a couple of your KO effects come into play. You have to discard a card to do something. Where almost every other deck out there they don't have that ability it's just coming to play they do something so that right there already puts you at a disadvantage I've noticed like playing against a lot of smoker decks that they usually take the first or second hit so they can have more cards so they can mitigate what to discard a little bit better but that seems dangerous when there's a bunch of nami decks running around and just killing you before turn five so I'm not a fan of smoker the numbers that it puts up there's a 1K that just happened over the weekend. I think it was versus TCG or VS TCG. Um, thank you to Eggman for the information. Uh, there are seven smoker decks, five Zoro decks, five Whitebeard decks. And in the top eight, there's only one smoker. So one out of six Smoker, one out of seven smokers made the top eight. And then there's three Whitebeards and three Zoros. So that means six of the top, six out of 10 Nami decks made the top eight. So that right there just shows you like how good the deck is, how consistent it is. That's why it's, you know, we're in the Nami winter, essentially smoker. I don't think really lines up well against it, unless you have like a really good draw on the draw. And even then, like sometimes Zoro can just go wide on you where, you know, yeah, you have blockers, but it's just like, they can just go wider and just mitigate the damage so that, that's how I feel about Smoker going into this weekend. It's not a good deck. It's probably going to be popular because it is the new kid in the block. It is the new flavor that we sort of got from OPO2. But at the end of the day, I just don't think it's consistent enough. Like it may be a 40-60 matchup. And this is where like testing is going to help you out. Because then once you test the matchup, you may be able to lower or grow your percentage chance against it from like 40-60 to maybe Forty-five, fifty-five, 55 which that's a pretty big significance right there. Gaining 5% is really good. But just knowing, like, what cards are good and what cards are bad, when to, what to mulligan, timing on when to play things. Because, like, sometimes, you, you know, playing two characters instead of just one bigger one may be the better way to go in some matchups. So it just really depends on the matchup. But I'm definitely not impressed with Smoker as a whole with being consistent. Feels like Kaido almost, like, you know, it could be good, but then it's just like it's very sequence in cards. Like, you know, you have to have the right cards in the right time to be able to win those games. But when they do when it does happen, it seems like a blowout. So another deck that sort of falls in line with drawing the right cards in right order is Magellan. Magellan is also the new kid on the block, new flavor from OPO2. The only thing that I don't like about it is that Magellan like I can ignore Magellan. Magellan when you play a five-drop Magellan on me. I can ignore it until losing the two don doesn't affect me. When I was playing Kinamon against it a couple of weeks ago, I just ignored it, you know, blocked it off, did whatever, and then all of a sudden, like once I hit ten don, I was like, okay, now I want, now I can kill it because I'm just going to lose those two don, but then I'm just going to get it back next turn. Where like I'm, not, it's not really sending me back. Um, It does set me back one, but, you know, with Kinemon being a deck, like being set back one, turn three, turn four, I don't think really affects the deck that much, especially when they're playing characters at a reduced cost. So that's just my sort of take on it. It's it seems solid. I know Tyler from our local area. He top eight online regionals with it. And I think that was just a good metagame call for being a new deck, new flavor type of thing like people didn't know how to play against it necessarily they may have done something when they shouldn't have that's what I think may have happened like you know it's just the new deck new flavor type of thing where people haven't really tested against it it's a new meta game new cards are involved so not to take anything away from Tyler like he's a great player I've played against him twice maybe three times at the booster box and I think he's beaten me every single time and he's definitely one of the better players there he's definitely better than me I just started playing the game like two, three months ago, and he's been playing the game probably since you know, day one. So nothing against Tyler, but I think the Magellan call was a good call for just being a new deck, new synergy. Not a lot of people are going to know what to do against it, where people are going to know what to do against Smoker because you sort of saw that coming. Kudos to uh, Tyler for top eighting, but I know he's fallen off the Magellan bandwagon as well. So, yeah, just another deck that just sort of falls in line where, like, if you draw everything in the right sequence, you can win a game and it feels like a blowout. But if you don't draw the right cards in the right order, I don't think you're going to be able to win. And the last one deck that I would not play against is or would play with at one of these regionals is Law. I love Law. I'm a combo player from Magic the Gathering. So when I heard about Law being the hardest deck to play and then just see the interactions and everything, I love it. But... There's two big things that I don't like about it. First one is when I, when I actually sleeved it up and started playing it for the first, like, like my first best of 10 against, you know, like a Zoro deck or something like that. I whiffed a lot on Nami and I forgot the two drop tutor name. I do apologize for that, but I whiffed a lot off. More often than I thought I would have. With that, it just didn't feel good. You know, like the quote-unquote synergy and the card advantage that I was able to create just wasn't, didn't seem good enough. And then um, with all the red decks playing Vista as well, Vista is just, you know, it's just not a good card that lines with all the little, um, you know, one drop and two drops at Law plays and sort of like cut you off from going, using your leader ability. So that's one reason why I sort of, I don't want to play law right now because it seems like every deck has a way to answer like a cheap drop just with on play effect. And then the other reason is I don't want to play against Kaido and then just automatically lose. Because that seems like out of all the matchups in this entire format, um, law against Kaido just seems the most one-sided matchup I've ever seen. <laughs> like I was playing Kaido when I first started playing in OPO one and Playing against Law players was just the easiest thing in the world. I don't even have to draw the stage, and I was able to win these games. Because, you know, yeah, they're doing their sequencing, and they're doing their card advantage and charcoal in, but then all of a sudden it's just like, you know, playing 7-drop king, 2-for-1 gnome. Um, it, it was just super easy for me, and <laughs> it could be the one reason why I love Kaido in my heart, and I want to make it playable, but it's just it's hard. But... Yeah, I don't want to play Law and then be like 2-0 and then play against a Kaido. Or really just play against Kaido the entire day. Like Say like I'm like 7-0 or we'll just say 6-1. I'm 6-1, you know, feeling good, feeling confident, lost a close game, whatever, and then I get paired against Kaido with Law. You're already at an uphill, like you're already fighting an uphill battle. So it's just like I sort of don't want an automatic loss like that. I've done that way too many times in Magic and it does not feel good. There might be some ways to make it better, a Kaido matchup, but the problem is, like, Kaido's not a big field anyways. But if someone's high-rolling and they're at the top tables, you do have to eventually run into it, more likely. So it's just just something that I want to avoid and everything like that. So those are the three decks right now that I'm voiding. Smoker, Magellan, Law. And the decks I want to play, I'm not trying to say, like, you shouldn't be playing Smoker. This is just all my opinion. These are just all my opinions from what I've seen playing against these decks, playing with these decks, and just watching games of good players play against each other. And I'm not saying you should give up on your Smoker or Magellan Dreams, but make sure you test the matchups. Make sure you know what cards are good, what cards are bad, because that's what's going to make you a better Magellan player or a Smoker player or a Law player. Like, you know what cards to keep, what cards you just like, all right, this hand is really not good against this deck, so I'm just going to mulligan it you have to make sure you get enough reps against nami decks because if you don't have enough reps against nami decks it's just you know you you're not going to know all the different lines and everything like that and i feel like you you just need to get a lot of games in so you know how many different lines there are it's not like you're memorizing a lot of lines but it's just so you know when it comes up when you see it on the board you're like oh you know what to do and get yourself in a winning position or you know what not to do because you tried something in testing and you're like, okay, I'm not going to run that again because it just wasn't a good play. No matter what the scenario was like doing this, like whatever they were holding in your hand, it just wasn't a good play. So that's the point of testing, like to find out the good plays and the bad plays and try bad plays. Don't, don't be afraid to try something off the wall or something random in testing if there's a logic to it, it's like find out something, because if you're learning from it, then you sort of know what's going on. Don't do obviously bad plays. The decks I would play, I would definitely play a green deck. Um, that's what I, I've been playing Kinemon lately, loving it. I love the fact that I can just have four characters on turn two on the draw or going second. I love that. Okiku is one of the best cards in the deck. Everyone wants to kill it. I love it. I love Okiku. Even on the play, Yamamoto, Yamota, no, Yama, Yamato, Yamato, Yo, Yamato, there we go, I apologize for that, Yamato, <laughs> I'm still butchering it, the OPO2 one is such a good beat stick, to, essentially it's like a vanilla 4 drop 6k, if it doesn't tap anything, turn 2 on the play, so I mean that right there, it's almost worth it, like you're, you're ahead of curve, you're, you know, you're going forward, You're definitely applying pressure with that deck. Odin, really good. Seven drop kid is really good. I'm even playing one eight drop kid. So I'm playing four Odins, one eight drop kid, and two seven drop kids with two laws. And I like that. I'm always drawing bombs. I'm always playing them on curve. Kid, that's another good one too. I sort of feel like the two leaders are interchangeable, Kid and Kinemon. The big thing I would say with that is Kinemon's ability it's definitely better mid game to late game where Kinemon's ability to be good late game or mid game it was situational. Like if it ends up being like a chess battle where we're trading resources and things, then Kinemon's ability really shines mid to late game. Because then you're able to play two big drops at a discount when normally you couldn't for whatever reason. Like say like you only have seven out there, seven, no, eight. And then you want to play like Yamoto and x then you just go boom, boom, for eight, because you got on Just being able, like, so I I played a game last Saturday at the Booster Box, and the big thing was there was a turn, I had 10 Dawn out, I had an Odin out, I swung with the Odin, killed something, I activated it to ready it, and then I played another Odin off the Kinemon's ability, and then I just said go. Because I didn't have blockers, I didn't have a lot of good counters, so I was like, okay, let me just have two AK guys that can double swing and turn. I thought that was really powerful in Kinemon. It's definitely something to like, think about. It's like, what leader is better, Kinemon or Kid? I love Kid's ability. Being able to just do it like, mid-game, when you don't have any good plays, that's always good, because I do find myself in Kinemon. I'm stuck with like a bunch of one-drop searchers, which those are good, but I can't protect them. So it's just like, am I going to cantrip off them and only get one card? Maybe. Or do I just want to put some down on my Kid swing, discard, swing again to like help control the board state. There there are two ways about it. I think I'm leaning towards kid, but the way Kinamon plays out, it's just it's so good like playing so many creatures or so many characters so early. I'm definitely debating about it. I will be trying out Kid, seeing how I like it. I think a couple people from this area are going to Montreal and they're playing Kid. We'll see how that works out. And again like I'm going I luckily have enough time. I have a month and change to see what the metagame is. To see like what's going to top 8, top 16. And sort of go from there and like give me a good gauntlet to play tests against with Kinemon or Kid. See which one I like better. And then my other two decks that I'm going to thinking about playing is the blue decks. Uh, we got Dofi and Ivankov. With Dofi, you just get so much value and pressure at the same time. It's kind of crazy. Just being able to you swing for 7 with your leader ability you activated to put a 4 drop into play. Well, if you're playing the full set of three-drop Dofies and Peronas. And then I've even seen a couple that are playing like two of the one-drop Dofies. You have a good way to set your deck up to where you can, you're can you getting value out of that as often as possible. And it's just really good when you're just putting big guys into play. Your opponent has to answer them. And if they can't kill them, then all of a sudden they're going to ready and then they're going to come across that table for the most part the big issue that i have with dofi if you don't know what's on top of your deck then you're sort of just like puttering especially around like seven eight don territory but then you have nine drops to help clean up a lot of things i even saw a a version out there playing a vine in their dofi deck and it was interesting i don't know how good it is but i mean it's definitely something to think about just so you can get value and card advantage it's a good i think it's a good deck i think it's the weaker of the two blue decks But when it's on a roll, like, you're just getting, the fact that you're attacking for 7k and putting a creature into play is just, or, I'm sorry, character. You're putting a a character into play that's four costs or less, it's just so, you're just going through a deck so fast and getting value. Because you're, not only are you playing a guy, but you're also attacking for seven. So, that's really, I I think that's just really good. And then you have Ivankov, where this deck is very stage-dependent. But the cool thing is, once you draw the stage, like you're going, you're going off. You should be going off, and you should be winning. Like chaining seven drop Ivankov into six drop Luffy is just really strong, really good. The only thing that I think Ivankov loses to is like the Whitebeard decks that are playing five drop Luffy. They're just, you know, there's a lot of haste. It's like the ones that are playing Luffy and Zoro, those are the decks that Ivankov struggles against. There is some self sabotage with Ivankov because you. There's the argument, not the argument, but there seems to be like is three stages or two stages, the right number. Because you want to draw a stage, but then once you draw a stage, you don't want to draw it again for the two cards that you draw at the end of your turn. Because then that card does absolutely nothing. The deck plays a lot of 2k counters. That's sort of where like the deck strives. The only thing that I don't like about Ivankov, it sort of loses, I feel like it loses to green because essentially you only have two cards in hand if you have no Dawn open. You, the worst that you can have is two two K counters. So I'm going to swing for nine, and swing for nine in green isn't that hard. Realistically, the only hard thing about that would be if I only have if I don't have any bombs out there. But then like they can't do anything about your 8 drop bombs anyways. That's how that's why I feel about the deck. Like just it's got very good synergy. It goes through this deck very quickly. You can definitely out maneuver someone just by going Ivanikov. Draw three cards. Six drop Luffy. And then just bounce something and then just get so much advantage off of that. It's such a strong... Like, they, they're refilling their board a lot. It almost feels like Dofi, in a sense. Because, like, you're just going through your deck and just... You're always putting characters down. It does seem weaker against green, but I think it may be better against the non... Like, if the Nami decks only run in four total rushers, like either the Zoro decks run in just three-drop Zoro and that's it. No other rushers. Then I think Ivankov has a chance or it's closer to 50-50. But I think the decks that are running more rushers, it's going to make it weak. Like the Zoro decks that are playing like two five-drop Luffies. Then it's just like, oh, well, you know, you keep applying pressure and you keep coming across the board and everything like that. Where if you can, it seems like you're very good at setting up your turns and everything when you can see what they have. And it plays a lot of blockers as well. I'm definitely a fan of it. Uh, Shaheen from our store at the Booster Box, he definitely... He's been playing a lot, he likes it, he's been crushing people, so that's why it's on my list. It's definitely a good deck, and usually when he gravitates to a deck, it's, it's got to be good, I would imagine. So I, I would just need to play test and see how comfortable I feel with the deck, because there is a point where you have to be careful of decking yourself. I don't think that would happen, but maybe it could, I don't know. It just seems like, I mean, unless you're digging for like 7-drop Ivan Ivankov or 6-drop Luffy to be able to win, like you need those cards to win, then you need to dig. Nine drop Mihawk. Really great. Definitely enjoy that card as well. Um, so those are the essentially the four decks that I'm considering about playing in Texas right now. Kinemon, Kid, Dofi, and Ivankov. And right now at the top of the list, it is Kinemon and Kid. Because I've been playing Kinemon a lot. I like the Kid idea. I just got to see like what's going to play out better. Kinemon has better starts. But Kid's ability is just better late game. So that's what... It is. So I'm just going to sort of like keep playing Kinemon of for right now. I may play kid this weekend at the local card shop and then just see what the results are of the offline regionals and then just sort of go from there. Cause essentially that's what's going to happen is just what top eight or what top 16, what did well, you know, what deck lists do we have available to us? Hopefully we get like top 32, top 64. That'd be super awesome. I know it's a lot of work, but that'd be great if we can get as many deck lists as possible. And then on top of that, just seeing like, you know, what kind of tech everyone's playing, because there's not there doesn't seem to be a lot of flex spots in a lot of these decks to get like techy or cute or whatever the case may be. Like there's some lists that you may have, like up to eight cards that you are like not interchangeable, but you can change them to something else. And the deck will still function very fairly. So that's what we're looking at right there. So, yeah. So good luck to everyone that's going this weekend to Montreal, or Illinois for the offline regionals. Hopefully you guys do some testing. Hopefully, you know, the cards fall in your guys' favor. Shout out to Russ and Tyler and anyone else coming from the Hampton Roads area and that uh, plays at the booster box that's going out there. Good luck to y'all. I definitely wish y'all the best. You know, brings bring some more regional invites home because then when I go to Texas, then hopefully I can get one too. And then we can just make a big trip out of like nationals or whatever they're calling it. Whatever this feeds into. <laughs> I apologize for not knowing that, but I should know that. Shout out to our sponsors. the Booster Box sponsor is a local card shop shop.theboosterbox.gg discount code 10DROP 10DROP for 10% off your entire order. They ship internationally so definitely check them out. I do appreciate them. Chris Medina and Ian, they're great shop owners. They, you know, they've built a great store and we're looking to do like bigger things like stream more events like, you know, all the Bandai games magic Whatever comes across our table, the new game that Bandai is coming out with. Uh, Yeah, that's it for us. I appreciate you listening. I'm Charles, and thank you for listening to the 10 Drop Podcast.